0: Welcome to another episode of the Jambase Podcast. I'm Scott Bernstein, and Jambase is pleased to partner with Osiris Media, the podcast network for music. This episode features my interview with the members of Talk, who talked to me about their upcoming new album, Chaos Companion, which comes out on September 24th. We'll get to that interview momentarily, but first, let's hear from this episode's sponsor.
1: Bye. <laughs>
2: This episode is sponsored by Snug Pups. Snug Pups makes officially licensed Grateful Dead dog coats. Now your dog can be a deadhead too. Use the discount code JAMBASE at checkout for 15% off of your order. All Grateful Dead dog coats are made with super cozy double-lined polyester fleece or canvas with fleece lining and feature high stitch count embroidered. Grateful Dead Steal Your Face Dancing Bear are the very popular dog face steely patches on each side of the coat or choose a donut-patterned canvas coat to keep your runaway gym or Harpua warm this winter. Snug Pups is a family-run business based in rural Pennsylvania with a mission to make it easy, affordable, and fun for every dog owner to be able to dress their dogs for warmth, comfort, and style. Snug Pups handmade coats fit all dogs of every crazy shape and size with a warm coat that is easy to get on and off your dog. Snug Pups love fitting Giant Great Dan's and even Mastiffs too. No more wrestling your dog's legs through holes. No more trying to buckle something under your dog's squirming head. Snug Pups coats are simply over the head and one strap around the middle. It's that easy. Your best friend will be so comfy in this fleece. He or she won't want to wear anything else. And all their dog friends will be so envious. Visit SnugPups.net to order your Grateful Dead or Donut Pattern dog coat today. That's S N U G P U P S.net. And enter the discount code Jambase when you check out to save 15% off of your code order. Before we continue with the episode, are you or
0: someone you know looking for an opportunity to join Team Jambase as a paid intern? Jambase is in search of an ambitious, self motivated intern to help with a variety of projects across our teams. This is an excellent opportunity to learn about editorial, digital advertising sales, and database management. The role will be part-time at 20 hours per week, and candidates will work remotely. This internship is not available for college credit, but it is a paid position. Full requirements and other details regarding the position are available at Jambase.com. Check it out and apply today. Alright, now let's do a quick review of some of the updates in the world of live music since our last episode. Dead & Company, who will be wrapping up their summer tour with a pair of shows at Wrigley Field in Chicago this weekend, added a pair of concerts at Red Rocks to their upcoming fall tour plans. Van will play the scenic outdoor venue near Denver on October 19th and 20th. Dead & Company fall tour begins on October 6th in West Palm Beach, Florida. As for their summer tour, the band has offered plenty of highlights as they continue to roll out tour debuts and inspiring jams at nearly every stop they make. Their show in Bethel, New York, saw the band start the second set by performing the same sequence of songs The Grateful Dead played nearby at Woodstock in 1969. Dead & Co. then honored the the Rolling Stones drummer Charlie Watts one day after his death by debuting a cover of the Stones classic The Last Time in Darien Center, New York. Dead & Company took Miles Davis' Milestones for a ride at Hershey Park Stadium and dusted off St. Louis native Chuck Berry's Johnny B. Good at a recent stop in the legendary rock and roller's hometown. Trey Band is set to play their first show since the death of co-founding bassist Tony Markellis, who died earlier this year. Tony's replacement, Desron Douglas, won't be the only musician making his debut with Tab this weekend. Sadly, Tab saxophonist James Casey revealed he is starting chemotherapy for colon cancer. Casey had successful surgery recently and stated his prognosis is positive. While he recovers and undergoes treatment... Casey's spot and tab will be filled by saxophonist Cochumaya Gastelum, who is best known as a member of the Dap Kings. All of us at Jambase Wish wish James a speedy recovery and hope he's back performing with the Trey Anastasio band very, very soon. Now let's talk a bit about my interview with Talk. I spoke with all four members of the group from their home base on Long Island via video chat. Keyboardist A.C. Carter, guitarist Matt Jalbert, drummer Isaac Teal, and bassist Charlie Dolan each weighed in on Chaos Companion, and I should note Matt was wearing a mask, so his audio isn't the greatest. Tuck explained the genesis of their new album and how many of the tracks date back a long time. They also spoke about a studio they built on Long Island where Chaos Companion was recorded. COVID gave the band plenty of time to work on new music, and they revealed another new album is in the works. I also chatted with Talk about the guests that contributed to Chaos Companion, including Lettuce's Shady Horns. There are some throwback sounds on the LP, and we discussed the evolution of the quartet sound. Additionally, the group has released a series of videos for Chaos Companion singles, and they recalled the shoot at Brooklyn Bowl for the especially playful Make Your Move visual. Other topics hit upon were the role longtime collaborator Robert Carranza played on this album, how they go about naming their tracks, which are each instrumentals on Chaos Companion, playing the songs from the LP live, returning to the stage, and precautions they are taking as COVID continues to rage. Now it's time to talk the talk. We'll hear a bit of Chaos Companion single Make Your Move to lead into the interview. a talk and uh would you guys go ahead and introduce yourself so our listeners know who you're talking who they're they're hearing from what's up I'm AC I play keys I'm
3: Matt I play guitar
0: and Charlie play bass
4: Isaac I play drums
0: Excellent, thank you all four for joining us here on the the Jam Base podcast, and uh, you know, let's get right down to it and uh, talk about your new album, Chaos Companion. Uh, You guys recorded the album in your new studio on Long Island. Can you tell us about that facility?
1: Sure. Yeah, it's. uh, I mean, you know, we've had a space to play uh, ever since we were super young. And it's kind of uh, been shuffled around wherever we can put it you know it's an accumulation of gear and stuff that you know it has become a part of our sound and uh, we finally have a, a place that we found in like an old carriage house that we kind of re redid and um, you know made it more legit um, and it's uh, it's become a really cool space for us that you know, is really been conducive to just putting out as much and writing as much music as possible, and and really honing everything that we've done in it. It's it's a an infectious space for us that's really, I think, helped us uh, improve our product- productivity and taking our our you know our sound to a new level.
3: Yeah, it's uh it's been awesome coming in here. Now we have a space that's our own with all our gear that's how we set up. So it's like, you know, we get off the road, we can bring our gear in here. I mean, once we get on the road, we back to the road, we'll be able to do that. But yeah, it's just uh, having a studio that we can come in and create whatever time we want, whenever we want to. And It's kind of like get used to being in one space. So it just frees us up a lot. So it's been awesome.
0: And is this different than the house? Because I know you recorded the material that wound up on Shapeshifter and the album before that in a house. Is this yeah. a different place than that house? More of a makeshift. Like
3: it was just we brought some gear in and just like set it up in the house, and it wasn't a permanent setup. It was just like we brought all our stuff in, we got it set up, we dialed in some sounds, but it was temporary. It wasn't. It wasn't a permanent.
1: Thing. Yeah, the house when we were playing it, it was. It's currently under construction to someone else's house and we just had some time that they, before they started working on it. I mean, there wasn't even running water there for like for a minute, (laughs) but we had like enough power to make it work. Um, and, uh, it was, it was definitely cool. I mean, I'm super psyched about the albums that we put out there and I do feel like in this new space you got, it's, you know, we're able to take, It up another notch as far as the quality of recordings that we're putting out.
0: And when did you record the album? Um, So we
4: started doing pre 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 pro like pre production in November. So Isaac lives out in in Denver. Um, You know, amid COVID, and you know, we're still in it. It's kind of weird, especially then, like we didn't know what the hell to do. Um, how often fly if we could fly him? Like you know what was going on. So. As it got in, it got a little bit better. Uh, We were working in like three-week chunks. Um, And that first uh, month of November, we came in and did pre-production for about 30-plus songs that we had. So we recorded all those down, and then yeah, and we honed it in and uh, focused in on the the nine songs that are going to be on the record. Um, We come back, uh, we did that again in, in December for about another two weeks, two and a half to three weeks. Um, and then we also did that again in in February um, to really kind of finish everything and kind of hone it in.
1: So, yeah, we're already working on the next one. Wow, that's... Um, And let's see, maybe it'll be more after that, but, you know, one thing COVID gave us a lot of time to create, and uh, we used that time, I think, pretty wisely, and, you know, now to record as much as possible, and we got a huge head start on just the creative process and, and and there's just a whole well of stuff to pull from that. It's almost impossible to get to within the time that we have. So, whereas in the past, you know, we were touring so much that it's like, we're like, Oh, we got to write new songs. And like you know, we got to get in the studio. Like we want to put some more stuff out, but it was like the touring schedule was just so intense. So if there's one, you know, silver lining there, that was definitely one where we just got to really, uh, focus on that kind of, creative thought and and put the time in where maybe that time wasn't as accessible before.
0: And it's fair to say that some of the material dates back well before these sessions. I know one of the songs came from a, uh, AC had a, a recording of a keyboard loop. Um, totally. I mean, there's that from like, we were pulling from
1: everything, you know, you like you write songs and then, but you don't feel like they're finished. And then, you know, I remember when COVID started like, and we, I started really diving in. I just started going through all like the old files that we had of ideas and and things like that. And I know these guys did too. And so got the dust off some, some of that old stuff. And the first track on this record is funny enough is that we weren't, that wasn't even a part of the initial group. And we recorded it during our first album that we recorded with Isaac uh, Homunculus. Um, and it was always kind of been floating around. And some of the like the drums and the I know the bass and some of the keys and guitar are actually from that. And we just totally expanded on that that song. Um, and it was kind of just a like a morning jam. It almost sounds like the morning to me when I listen to it. It's like I remember that morning. We were just kind of tired, like we just starting to play a little bit with with no real like intention to track anything, and it just hung around in the back of our head and I'm really, I really think it's really cool how we, you know, updated to where we are now and but it still has that same vibe as when did we record that album? Maybe eight years ago. Eight years Something ago. Like wow. Yeah,
4: for Shandara, You know, make your move, the one that you referred to, the keyboard loop. I mean, there's parts of that song that's been our or sessions of that song that have been like written like six years, you know. It's just kind of I don't know, every every song has its time, um, you know, or some ideas. You know, come out when they're supposed to or someone will have a quick idea you know like I wound up um you know, turned to Matt I was like dude I need a course give me a course right now <laughs> put one on the spot and was money um, it's like that tenacious deed <laughs> so yeah it's nice to have that um that relationship across across the board for all of us and have this plethora of ideas that we can now pull from and you know get weird with
0: and speaking of Make Your Move, you know, you guys have always, your music has such a futuristic sound to me, but there's a lot of throwback on, on Make Your Move. I mean, it sounds like it could come from an 80s movie. Uh, was that intentional?
4: I mean, we're all super nerds in <laughs> movies and, you know, stuff like that. So I feel like we, we all have animated souls and personalities. So I feel like it just kind of oozes from the music naturally not necessarily having a theme
1: in mind, just kind of came together. Yeah, but a people have been, like, commenting, and there's, like, a, a Middle Eastern vibe there. I guess a little bit in the beginning, um, which is just funny because that it was more of the 80s thing, and then we had, um, what's his name? Greg.
3: Greg
1: Ellis. Greg, but then also Greg Ellis playing percussion, and we had this uh, guy, CT, Max CT, who plays with this uh, band called House of Waters, Uh he brought in his... uh Dulcimer. dulcimer. And that uh, added a whole new element to it. It was like, oh, this sounds like a kind of a pitched percussion instrument, but it was just, you know, a digital sound. And we kind of did like a hybrid thing of both of them, um, which kind of brought this new vibe to it as well.
0: Yeah, very I mean, cool. And yeah, definitely like to have
4: fun with these things, you know, it's just like when you think about making a move, man, it's like, I don't know. To me, I hear like, it's see like this 1980s Miami Vice yeah. cop. Fucking crazy! I don't know. That's just kind of montage, awesome. montage of romance.
0: <laughs> and speaking of romance and having fun, I love the "Make Your Move" video that came out recently. Uh, it was filmed at, at Brooklyn Bowl and, and shows off a playful side of, of you guys that I certainly haven't seen before, and I imagine most of your fans haven't. Um, can Can you share a little bit about that experience filming that video? But well, we, uh, you know,
4: we don't have too many music videos. So we're thinking like, all right, let's kind of show a different side of who we are and also kind of bring out certain elements of music that we want people to hear. And kind of like, you know, not necessarily just focus on, but just be aware of and us not taking ourselves too seriously, I think, is a, a huge aspect of that, you know, um, just being personable um, and being able to be, make these human connections. Where, you know, we, we do the same shit that everyone else does to a certain extent. But being able to to be playful in that kind of way with our music was was really nice. Um, That video specifically was directed by uh, Sophia Conger, um, who came in um, and did a great job. You know, she was able to kind of hone in our ideas, um, you know, to see what stuck on the wall. And, uh, yeah, that was a really, really fun shoot. Um, I thought she did a great job. And it definitely, you know, it was nice to film it in Brooklyn Bowl yeah a hometown venue. Um they've been really great to us over the years. and uh, yeah, like it just worked out so great. um and like with the other music videos that we have as well, um moon um for that single, and then also the let out, you know, directed by uh, Danny Barberi. um Danny came in and did a, a excellent job as far as the vision and you know the cinematic shots, you know, uh, what we want to do with these this new music is actually kind of take it to that medium um in cinema and then film and then placements and licensing um so you know we're trying to keep consistent and kind of start and make our own little uh, videos that show up showcase like where and how we see our music you know?
0: and you had sammy from turquoise in that uh yeah, video she,
4: she was great nice to have the homies and um she was great she's fantastic um yeah so she did a great job
1: Like, you know, we've played that venue so many times and then we're like doing a faux Mario Kart race. <laughs> definitely like a lot of elements just like, you know, we're all really good friends, but we also have like a competitive side. We, like we play basketball with each other. Um, we definitely still play Mario Kart. Um and uh it was fun to just show that. Yeah, we I think the idea in the beginning was like, yeah, it's got that 80 sound, but it's also we like we want to do like a slow-mo bro Olympics. <laughs> Whoa, bro slow, the slow bro Olympics. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, the, that was the, the general concept of that one. <laughs> it's fun to just like listen back to what the songs that we make and be like, "All right, like how do we interpret it visually ourselves?" and like just have fun with it.
0: Excellent. And one of the track tracks on Chaos Companion features the the Shady Horns. Uh, did they contribute remotely? Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: That, that's uh, how it had to happen. Um, definitely, uh, it was awesome to have them on there. We've did, uh, I think we released one track with them, a live track on our our live record a couple years ago. Uh, and, uh, they've been good, good friends for a while. And uh, I hit Ryan up and was like, Hey, you know, just think you had a few ideas about this track. And I mean, they did awesome. You know, it's definitely uh, a different way to create, but that's kind of how the world has adapted. Excellent.
0: Uh, and, and that's Ryan, Ryan Zoidis uh, of yeah. lettuce and Eric, Benny bloom. And what, what co- guidance did you give them bef- before they went ahead and, and, and started playing?
1: Mostly just like talking about, Hey, like I'm hearing this on like, you know, like the patented like lettuce stabs, which is very like nondescript, but you know, exactly what I mean. Like dude sure. stabs here. Like here's a, a melody line that like, uh, we came up with, but maybe add some harmonies there, or take us like a, uh, take a solo in this part. Um, and, uh, you know, he's a, obviously a, a great songwriter his own and, and understands where we're at. Cause we've been buddies for a while. So it was, uh, definitely a cool opportunity to hook up with them.
0: And were, were there, I know there were guests on, um, make your move. Who, who else contributed to the album besides the shady horns?
1: Uh, this one's kind of, uh, left field a little bit, um, uh, Tyler, uh, Tyler Bates, uh, who's, uh, I mean, he's a man of many talents, I guess, but he's mostly known for doing scores for like guardians of the galaxy. Um, he did 300 and he just did like some extra production, uh, work on it. Some like really cool sounds that helped some of the transitions and, um, Robert, uh, the producer that we that we've been working with for years, is good buddies with him. So he just sent something over. To say like, "Hey, want to try some stuff?" And I think he did like some sort of like uh, guitar, violin sounds. That you guitar called. viol, guitar viol. It's called the guitar viol. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There you go. It's not a guitar. It's not a viola. But it's, it's it sounds like viol. some crazy some like you wouldn't even think it was a string instrument. It yeah. was like like a train. Coming down the like track, screeching or something like that. It was some cool stuff, and so he just sent us a bunch of sounds and and ideas, and we kind of got to pick and choose and move around the stuff that we uh, we thought was cool. And it was definitely a a cool, different kind of collaboration.
0: And you mentioned just just now, Robert um, Robert Cranzer. You've worked with on a lot of albums. Did he have any role to play in this album?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Robert's, um, sure. Robert's been with us for a while, but, uh, yeah, he came out and was out here, you know, um, for like months working, <laughs> okay. working with us, you know, so Robert's been in the trenches and helping us build it. You know, one thing he's really great at is, uh, obviously besides mixing and engineering, but it's just kind of taking a snapshot. Um, you know, so it's somewhat of a challenge for us to, you know, had to move our sound together. Um, sure. and, you know, and it's great to have him as a feedback and then also as kind of like a mentor in this whole situation um, as we've kind of grown our sound together over the past uh, few years, you know, several years at this point. Um, but yeah, it, it's great to have him in a corner and when it comes with a certain skill set that um, allows us to kind of really look at our music objective. And everything from the macro to the micro.
0: Absolutely. And... One thing that I think worked so well on the album is the sequencing. You're talking about the opening track reminding you of morning and it just that flowing in to make your move. I mean, it just, it, it really um, has a great flow to it and how, who is, is that a collective decision the sequencing or how do you guys, how did you guys go about sequencing this album?
3: Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, Sequencing is definitely still important to us. You know, we still think there's people out there who listen to the an album and take the time to sit down and listen to it front to back. Um it's not as often, you know, we want the songs to stand on themselves too. But I think we all have to take a take a part in making those
1: For sure. I mean, yeah, like you said, Matt, I guess people, you know, the, I guess the normal way to consume, which I mean I think it's maybe a little different for our, our general fan base, but you know, you do got to do the single thing, but we do look at it as one piece of art for us. And uh same with the videos. We see that as a piece of like, you know, just a form of our own expression. So we definitely like to put it. I mean, there's some tracks that we, you know, we've always talked about those, but like flowing into the next one or, or you know, just setting the listener up for a, a, a different experience and not just throwing songs together. and Looking at it as a whole is a, yeah, it's the way we like to
4: listen to music and like to write it. It's also like, you know, you got to think about like how people are receiving music. You know, I, I think about, say, Sir Nebula. I think I think that record was almost double the length of this record. You know, this record is 40 minutes. Um, you know, it was like 100 or something like that. But um, I think it's just, it's also, you know, what people can take in, you know, and I think yeah. allows them to, um, really focus on that opposed to you know being hit with a 12 songs. You know, it kind of takes away you know, people focus
1: more. Yeah, and it's also I think it's also a function of just coming in with so much material that we're like, all right, we gotta break this up a certain way. So we've broken up the the songs in, in ways that we think is his own experience on each album. Like the next one, like we it's gonna be a completely different sound. It's not gonna, you know, it's it's gonna sound like us, absolutely, but from a songwriting perspective and even a production perspective, we're going to try and, you know, try something different. We get to try something different with each record. And, um, in the past you'd be like, all right, we got, we got these, you know, 15 songs and maybe we'll cut three of them or something. or use them as bonus tracks and we're always finding like, oh, we want that song to be heard where, um, so it doesn't get pushed to the next album, but now we're just working on the next album anyway. So we can really try and make them a, a cohesive statement each time. Um, as we tried to do in the past for sure, but this time it's like there's so much more to choose from that you really can be more um, picky and choosy about what what you're putting on there.
0: And you talked about having 30 songs that you came in with, and you're talking about the next album after Chaos Companion. Are you pulling from that same well of 30 songs for the album after Chaos Companion? For sure. Yeah, definitely. I hope so. I mean, I mean, you no. know, it's not done yet. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> One thing at a time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you guys play instrumental music and um, I, I'm always fascinated with instrumental bands with the process of naming songs. Cause, um, g- g- can you share a story or two behind some of the names of the songs on these albums, on this album?
1: For sure. Well, I mean, the album name itself, we were just talking about it yesterday. Um, we, uh, in the studio, we, we got this new fridge and I was like, Oh, what, I could, what can I put on this fridge? So I bought a ton of those word magnet
0: things. Okay. And it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right. And so. I mean, we just, uh, we're getting a look at it on our video chat right now. <clears throat> Oh, uh, we got here! Uh, this is a tour. They're giving giving me the tour, seeing all sorts of phrases. Uh, secret adventure massage. Uh, <laughs> Hungry tongue. Big uh, <laughs> cat mountain. You know, you get the drift.
2: Hey, yeah. Absolutely.
1: So, uh, yeah, chaos, <laughs> chaos companion ended up being uh, one of them. And it just kind of fit because I mean, we were in it's such a chaotic time. But you know, the music was our companion. Secret <laughs> adventure massage. <laughs> so that's the next album, uh, definitely not. But um, you know, it it just kind of stuck, in and with the whole we feel like narrative of of the times for sure. Um, see what other songs? Pick a song. Um, Technodrome. <laughs> Technodrome is a Ninja Turtles reference. Reference. Turtles in
4: Time. Technodrome is where Crane. Um, it was like his underground
1: evil layer kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know. Nerds out there. Lonely robot um was definitely watching uh Wally with my daughter.
0: Okay, nice.
1: Um <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. what else what and
0: Moontop I kind of speaks to it for to itself with the, the sound. For sure.
1: Had, that song definitely has like a just evokes thoughts of space. <laughs> Sometimes these songs have original names
4: that don't actually make the cut. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sometimes <laughs> they do. I got the secret
1: names. Sometimes those songs song names
4: want to get forward, but they... <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> or um, Democracy's
1: a Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you got four people.
3: <laughs>
1: exactly. a Thai restaurant. is a Thai restaurant that we ate at like a million times. Uh, in, in L.A. In L.A. when we were recording homunculus. Um and that name stuck. Um, I think it means moon shining. So okay. there's more, more moon, more, moon. more moons unintentionally. Any moon?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> um, Make Your Move is definitely influenced by the, the video concept, you know, it was like as a competition. Uh, and then the last song, Yasuke, um, was, uh, we actually made that track. We wrote that track for, uh, justice comes alive. The, the live for live music online festival. Okay. And uh, it's uh name comes after this uh, old fable. The uh, samurai used to be uh, African-American samurai used to be a slave. Um, and funny enough is that Netflix, after we put that song out made an entire uh, animated series on that guy. <laughs> uh, and called, didn't
4: put our song in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, called
1: the <laughs> Called the Aske. yeah, yeah. Um so, so
4: Fly Flying Lotus did the record. He did, yeah. I mean the whole soundtrack it.
0: Yeah. I guess he's okay. He's all right. Yeah, he, um, he, he makes the code.
1: <laughs> but yeah, we did we did a video uh version, uh, uh, like a uh, you know like a remotely recorded version and this new version is definitely Several steps up uh, in just sound production and uh, video call, and all sorts <laughs> of, yeah, in every aspect of it. And I'm, I'm really excited how it came out because it wasn't even necessarily on our list of songs that we brought in, but we were like, oh, wait, but we did that song a couple months ago. Let's see what we can do with that. And it came out great,
0: fit, fit perfectly. Yeah. Um, you guys have played a few shows this summer. How did it feel to get back on stage? Oh, great.
4: Uh, I think our first show back was, um, M- Mount Music Festival in West Virginia. And, uh, I think there's about, there was about like 4,000, three, 3 000 to 4,000 people there. And it was in the middle of what, June. And so, you know, the summertime, you know, it was nice to be outside. they yeah. are trying to be as safe as possible. But I mean, speaking from experience, it was just kind of such a culture shock, you know, after 18 months of quarantine and being so, uh, nervous you know about getting sick or getting other people sick it was nice to come to this place where i think you know people were already some people had been vaccinated and the energy was just fantastic
1: it was one of the greatest symbiotic feelings to have yeah um, now i'll never forget that you know the first one back especially like it uh, it was i mean a beautiful night but like just the energy like uh coming like our way was you know unreal um uh, you know and Especially after you hadn't been in front of a crowd for so long, and you could just feel we wanted to, we wanted to be there, everyone else wanted to be there, just like, so happy to be there, so grateful for it. after you've you know not had it for so long, it was it was cool. Somebody got proposed to
4: during our show ah, yeah. Yeah. there was definitely a lot a lot, lot of emotions a lot of
1: love <laughs> love in the air.
0: That's beautiful. And more recently, you played a show at Ardmore um, Music Hall uh, where you played Moondub and, and the Let Out for the first time. And um, ha- how much work went into adapting those for the live stage? A lot
4: of work. Um, Matt's been taking the lead on that. Uh, we've been switching over to Ableton um, and pretty much putting our entire catalog into uh, that system so that we can. Find a way to improvise differently and
0: okay.
4: like more efficiently, um, and you know change these songs. Some of these songs we've been playing for years, you know, and touring. Um, but now with the Ableton and this, you know, this the this digital audio workstation, we're able to do different things that we weren't doing before. Before uh, you know, whatever samples we had, um, Isaac was queuing from his pad, and um, now like we can free him up, we can free myself up as far as certain sequences and things that we have in certain voices. Um, but it's about making, you know, a composite sound and sounding together. And now we can really do details as far as like the records and even covers and new things like that. So we're really, really excited. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of tedious work, um, but we're really looking forward to sharing it on this upcoming tour.
0: Do, do you think it's gonna change from did your experience playing at ardmore um is it gonna the second versions of moontub and the let out gonna change because of anything that you learned from playing them live that happens all the time you know it's uh definitely
1: uh in the past you come in with just brand spanking new songs and the, and that you know creates a different sound and then there's songs that we've been had been road um you know road worn and then that it was you know and then you had to approach it in a different way you build up habits from the road and build up habits from the studio because they're so different um so there's it's always going to change um which is cool that's 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 the fun of it
0: yeah that's the beauty of of this world certainly especially and uh do, do you you gonna hold off on playing other material from Chaos Companion until the actual tour starts? Because I know you have a couple of festival appearances coming this month. I'm talking about that. Yet. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> the album's coming out soon, and I think we only have maybe just three more sets before it comes out. I know we have Resonance and Borderlands, so maybe there will be some new live songs that make an appearance. Maybe not.
1: Very cool. Yeah. Cool. Maybe there'd be songs that are on the next album.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Well, one last question for you guys. Um, you, you do start your fall tour soon. Um, what precautions are are you gonna take with, with COVID um still running rampant?
4: Uh vitamin D. Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: sunshine.
3: Yeah, yeah I mean, we're gonna, you know, it's gonna be a weird tour because I think part of it, going out and playing shows and traveling, one of the best parts of meeting people hanging out and getting to you know. And that's probably not going to be as much the case. So, you know, it's safety first and foremost. So we're definitely, we've been talking about what the protocol is basically on the road. And it's going to be different, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's really just whatever we can do to serve the shows and make sure that they happen and make sure everyone's safe. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, well said
0: absolutely well you guys you put together a great album um i'm excited to see you this fall uh in in brooklyn and uh you know be be well and uh stay safe and, and thanks for your time thanks Scott. I appreciate, so I appreciate it. you bro this episode of the jam podcast thanks so much to talk for taking the time to chat be sure to check out chaos companion to support these excellent musicians i also want to thank jake alexander for producing the episode and send my appreciation to all of our listeners if you're picking up what we're laying down please subscribe to the jam podcast on your podcast provider of choice be well and go see live music if you can do so safely